98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station, Bigly Blast. I am not a numbers guy, but I admit with the right context and sample size that numbers can be very telling. Look at the Cardinals, for instance. They are 47 of 106 on third down conversions. Their opponents are 33 of 104. The Cardinals are 8 of 9 on fourth down conversions. Their opponent is 6 of 20. They have 15 more touchdowns than their opponent, and they are a plus 8 in turnover ratio. All of these numbers paint the picture of a very good foot football team and for all the idiot national analysts who opine about the Cardinals without ever really watching the Cardinals well you think they'd at least see these numbers and understand what's happening in the desert but most of all these numbers show a football team full of really good players who are at their very best in the biggest moments it's also why this football team has occasionally struggled with their worst competition like this weekend's game against Carolina for instance but here's the difference Matt Rule once coached at Baylor in the Big 12. He adopted Iowa State's defense that was renowned for shutting down air raid offenses, and we saw him do it to Cliff Kingsbury last year. But the Cardinals are now a professional team, not a college offense, and you do not need the numbers to see the difference. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW Test Drive, the ultimate driving machine at the newly renovated Chapman BMW in Chandler at Chapman BMW on Camelback. Shop online at ChapmanBMW.com. Yeah, uh, real quick before we move on, uh, Diana Rossini put this out on ESPN, or uh, on Twitter from ESPN. Uh, On the day in which he could make his final decision, free agent wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. is honing in on the Chiefs, Packers, and Saints. Per league sources. The Saints are an interesting one. Their wide receiver core is not very good, in my opinion. That could be an interesting fit if he's got anything left in the tank. Uh, Chiefs and Packers, we shall see. But those uh, that's the latest from Diana Rossini. Yeah, well, that's, that, that is interesting. People have looked at the Chiefs' offense and, and have kind of said that, that part of the issue here is Patrick Mahomes doesn't have the level of weapons uh, that he has had in the past. Largely because, and I don't know how, how important Sammy Watkins is to that. That's exactly where I was going. Yeah. Sammy Watkins didn't seem exactly like no, the linchpin I, of the Kansas City offense I the last couple of years. I, I completely agree with that. So the Packers, that would be no bueno. Yeah, but you know the Cardinals wouldn't have to deal with it uh, again. I, I I'm, no, I'm just uh, I'm talking about competing for yeah, number, the number one, one yeah. seed. Yeah, but I'm standing by my belief that I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. really helps any one of those teams okay. become a winner. Okay. I listen. I agree with you. I don't think he's a winning football player, but he's tremendously talented, and and you, you don't want some team that's competing with the Cardinals to catch that lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Uh, going back to the subject of yeah. the blast, Steve Weish, NFL Network, joined us yesterday. I mean, they just have everything, mm-hmm. you know, working for them. And this is one of these seasons where you look at them, like, you know, forget using this as a foundational year. This is the year to win it. Right, you know, you went out and you got some veterans, but you got a good nucleus of young players, especially on defense, playing well, push everything to the middle, which I think they did when they went out and got Zach Ertz. You know, when they did, you know, so besides everything they did preseason, I think they understand that this is the window because it might not be this glorious next year. So go ahead and win it. And and look, from what I have seen, from the way Cliff is coached, the way the other coaches on that staff stepped up when he was sick, and, and then what they're doing and developing players, 
there is no reason why this could not be the team to come out of the NFC. Steve Weiss knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so you take what he says with a little bit of seriousness. Yeah. Now, to use the language you used in the blast, what did you say, idiot, national analyst? Who opine about the Cardinals without watching the Cardinals, yes. Again, I hate to keep doing this, um, but there was another power ranking that came out that just made me absolutely shake my head. Go ahead. I tweeted it Wait out this me. morning. It's not the official USA Today power rankings. Mm-hmm. It's the USA Today for the win power rankings. All right. Uh, Charles McDonald, the author, uh, he writes, The halfway point of the NFL season is here, which is the perfect time for some power rankings. Uh, this might be a guy that hasn't watched much football, let alone the Cardinals. <laughs> Number one, Los Angeles Rams. Mm-hmm. This is coming off the Rams' worst performance of the year. Well, I don't know. They got domi- I think they got dominated equally by the Cardinals and the Titans. Anyway, um, to come off a performance like that and be number one on a list is alarming. Well, it's yeah, it's irresponsible is what it is. Number two, the Arizona Cardinals. So that, again, begs the question. These two teams met on the field. Mm-hmm. A decisive win for one of those teams, and the winning team in that game has a better overall record than the team you have above them. Irresponsible. Uh, number three, Tampa Bay. Number four, Buffalo. How the Bills have not fallen more than four, I don't know. Five, Dallas. Six, Cleveland. Seven, Green Bay. And in my opinion... There's there's two teams that you can make arguments for as the best teams in the AFC right now. Mm-hmm. Baltimore is there, and Tennessee is there. He's got Tennessee eight. Look, okay, listen, let's not spend the entire segment talking just, about this. Uh, but then. it's that's asinine. But you just that's talked asinine. about you just talked but, but, about but, idiot but, but, national right. analysts who don't watch the Cardinals. But, but, I'm saying but, this is widespread. Yes, but I, but I also want to say if you look at some of these numbers that the, that this Cardinal team has put forth, if you step back and again, I'm not a numbers guy, but if you step back and look at them, you go, okay, this makes sense. This isn't just about. Kyler Murray. There's they there are they are excelling in so many categories that that the reason I brought it up is because if even if you are not watching these games, you should look at team statistics and and go okay, look at this. This is yeah, wow, that, wow, 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 and and all of it together should give you a, a reason to believe that team is pretty good. Except well, that the only thing that matters is the name Arizona Cardinals. Yes. Well, and if you want to look at another number, just look at sheer point differential. Yeah. The Cardinals are number one in that category, and obviously those are bolstered by winning games, but the way that they're winning games, especially on the road, every road win of the five, 12 points or more, they're plus 122 in point differential. The only other team close to that number is Buffalo at plus 117, and then there's a 40-point drop-off to third place in point differential. We lived through this already with the Phoenix Suns last year. All year they were consistently yeah, right. the best That's or the right. second best That's team. Right. They won all through the playoffs, even into the finals. People I, didn't people believe that they were as good as them. they yeah. were. I it's, actually think this is a little bit different at this point. You're right. When we got to the playoffs, you know the people that denounced or or degraded what the Cardinals or the Suns did in the playoffs was ah look at they're going against compromised teams. That doesn't exist in the NFL because injuries are such a big part of the game. Mm-hmm. Um. At this point of the Suns season last year, I don't think we were talking about the Suns as a real contender to win the whole thing. Even the most optimistic Suns fan. Halfway wasn't. through the season? Halfway through the season. Yeah. 
I mean, because they weren't that far removed from being eight and eight, eight and eight at one point. Yeah. We all knew they were a playoff team. The Cardinals are winning in a way that is dominant, mm-hmm. and that that says something different to me. Yeah, that and yeah. that's kind of the mess. The dominance of what they've done so far, with or without their head coach, with or without their starting quarterback, that's the thing that's not sinking in on a yeah. national basis. That's true. That's very very true. And and I think that one of the things that they did, the idea of really kind of changing their mode and getting real physical really is paying great dividends. You remember this. Last year, the Cardinals went into Carolina, and it was a game that we were expected to win, and they could not do a thing offensively. Mm-hmm. Iowa State in the Big 12, and I, you co- cover, or you pay attention to college football, Iowa State unveiled this, what they call a 3-3-3 defense. Three down linemen, three linebackers, three safeties, two cornerbacks, and it completely detonated the, the air raid offense in the Big 12. Iowa State had a great success at it. Matt Rule stole that, and nobody saw it coming when he used it to shut down the Cardinals last year. That can't happen this year because they're not playing that brand of football. And again, it's Colt McCoy probably as well. Sure, but it's also kind of, uh, all right, it, it flips now into the, the ball being in Cliff Kingsbury's court. How do you adjust that? You saw that defense last year. They did shut you down. It was kind of an anemic offensive performance. Cliff Kingsbury's getting all this coach of the year love, at least locally. Prove it now. Uh, Prove that you can make the adjustments, which he's done to a great level so far this year. That kind of leads us into our next topic. It's coming up. We are at the quote-unquote mid-season point in the NFL, so we'll take a look at the standings, MVP candidates, coach of the year candidates, and more. Uh, that's next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Quick, Bick, what's half of 17? Eight and a half, Vinny. Yeah, uh, so that makes uh, mid-season crap really, really hard to yeah. come by in 2021 NFL. But here we are. Most teams have played eight or nine games, so we can yeah, average, we're right there. average it eight out or to nine. eight and a half. Uh, we didn't t- take our own advice and do our midseason reporting at halftime of the uh, game against San Francisco. I used that time to take a shower, honestly. <laughs> did you really? I did. Uh, but um, at the midway point, there's a lot to consider. And it's mm-hmm. exciting because, you know, the Cardinals are somewhere. Again, I don't think the most optimistic Cardinals fans would have said through nine games they'd have the best record in, in the league, but they do. Uh, they appear to be legit, as we covered in the last segment. Uh, but in mm-hmm. terms of the individual stuff, yep, we'll start with the MVP. Okay, the MVP is a continuing conversation. It used to be, hey, let's just wait and see what happens at the end of the year. No, you get these pecking orders, you get these power rankings for MVPs every yeah. week. Yeah, and the Cardinals have a guy that's high in the pecking order, and Kyler Murray. Is he your midseason MVP? He is not, Vinny. He is number two on my ballot, which I don't have right now, but my my pretend ballot, my fictional ballot. I've got Lamar Jackson number one. I've got Kyler number two and begrudgingly Tom Brady three. Um, The Jackson versus Murray thing is interesting. Uh, the Ravens are obviously very dependent on Lamar Jackson. Uh, they've played an equal number of games. Kyler Murray's team has a better record. Mm-hmm. He's got a higher completion percentage, more yardage, more touchdown passes, same number of interceptions. 
uh, a higher passer rating by 14 points. Mm-hmm. It's evened out a little bit by Lamar Jackson and what he's been able to do on the ground and continues to do on the ground. Well, that is has to do on the ground. Has to do on the ground, but that is also, um, you know, I think part of the evolution of Kyler Murray is that he's becoming more adept at beating teams as a, as a passer. I, the Jackson's been fantastic. There's a lot of people that believe he's been better this year than he's ever been in the NFL. I'm still giving, I think, a slight nod to Kyler Murray. Okay. Which, it, it, it got to be a slighter nod because the Cardinals proved they could win without him last week. Can they yeah. do it over a prolonged period yeah, of time? No. That, 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 to me, is the fundamental difference when I separate Lamar Jackson from Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray has got uh, a lot more weapons around him, and I think he's got a better overall team. I just think Lamar Jackson's carrying the heaviest load in football. That's what I think. I think and Tom, doing it very, very well. I think Tom Brady's right there, too. Leads the league in touchdown passes, 25 over 5, mm-hmm. high passer rating. Um, I think it's those three right yeah. now. And, Tom and the, Brady's on pace for over 50 touchdowns and over 5,000 passing yards. Those are, those numbers are no joke. What do so you, I get it. Uh, what do you think? I mean, the MVP normally is players dropping off from a bigger group. Do you think, is there one player, we didn't even discuss this, is there one player you think that can thrust themselves into the conversation I, between I, now I, and I, then? I love that question because this is the one thing that, that always happens in the NFL is teams get hot for a bit and then they don't. What teams are going to get hot for a bit now going forward? And, and I think that kind of aligns with what you're saying. Um, Russell Wilson's I, I, coming I, back. See, now that's interesting. Yeah. And he's put up but, really good numbers yeah. this year. But, but if, if, if Russell Wilson is suddenly unbeatable and he's, and he's yapping like he is ready for this challenge, he is really setting the stage because that's what he does. He wants to be seen as the best there is. So he's he's letting everybody know, I'm back. There's three AFC quarterbacks, I think, that could fit mm-hmm. that, okay. that description. Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Allen, who's just on the outside, I think, looking in, but did not have a good game last no. week. And Justin Herbert. Yeah, I don't back had a good game last time out after two substandard games for him. Yeah, they've really hit the wall. I I don't know if any of those three can really kind of undo some of the bad stuff they've done. Okay, and I think the Mahomes thing is it's the fact that their teams are just defending the Chiefs much different, and the Chiefs refuse to do and take the simple play. It's exactly (laughs) like the Bruce Arians Carson Palmer uh, offense. When it went stale. Yeah. They kept doing it, hoping it would work. All right. What and, else we got? And don't forget about Matthew Stafford either. I know okay. it sounds weird to say that after he threw two of the worst passes of the year and a Rams loss. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of it, you can't look at any MVP and say, oh, he didn't have any any smudges on the resume. There's yeah. always a bad game or two okay. in there. It just okay. depends on when you have them. All right. Uh, coach of the year. I'm sorry. I think this is an absolute no-brainer at this point. Yep. And it's the man in black on the Cardinal sidelines, mm-hmm. Cliff Kingsbury. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I mean, is there anybody else that... I, I don't know who there could be. No, that's that to I mean, me... The, the, if, if Cliff finishes this job, it's going to be a remarkable story. The guy in Cincinnati for a while... And I will be the first while. one in line to say I was wrong. 
Yeah, the Bengals have lost, what, two in a row? Yeah. Um, if they finish strong, I think Zach Taylor will get a lot of consideration because they're doing that with a young team, and they were they were really bad. Um, it'd be, you know it would be an interesting one? That's supposed the Raiders finish strong. Rich Basaccia? All the, tur- the turmoil and crazy wow. season they've had if they make the playoffs. I could see him getting some. Uh, I don't know, but again, you're, you're you're talking about such a lesser sample size. Bruce Arians won Coach of the Year once as an interim. Well, that is true. Who coached less than a full season? So it is possible. Yeah, I, if Cliff Kingsbury finishes the job this year, and there is no reason to think he won't, he's going to win that. Got to has to. Yep. What about? Uh, if the, if the recent surge from the New England Patriots continues. Ooh. Bill now. Belichick? Yeah, that's... that. they win that division uh, somehow? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good call, Vinny. That's a good call. What about uh, Matt LaFleur? Sean Payton. They've dealt with some stuff. Yeah. Matt Nagy. No, wait, no, no. No, 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 no. Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. <laughs> Genius. Sean, Sean McVay is always in there. Uh-huh. Um, biggest surprise... From a team standpoint, good or bad, yeah. good. Well, you can do one on each side. Cardinals have to be uh, the pick on the on the good side, correct? Surprising, yeah. To be this good, I yeah. I guess they'd be in the list. I I, I can do this. Cause... I thought you were going to ask like defensive player of the year and oh, he... offensive rookie of the year, and oh, okay. I thought that's what you're going to yeah, ask. Yeah, one Garrett? minute. All right, defensive player of the Miles year, Miles Garrett. Pretty good. Pretty good. A better year than Aaron Donald so far. I think he's got 12 sacks. He's got all sorts of tackles for losses. He is blowing up people. I don't know why I did this the other day, but I went on YouTube and I found the ASU football game against Texas A&M to open the season. I think because I wanted to see Kyler Murray and what he looked like as a, as a true freshman in his first college game. Yeah. But Miles Garrett was also on that team, and he was a beast in college. But, man, he was like a reed. Now he's just... Anytime, he claims anytime he doesn't wear long sleeves, he gets drug tested because his arms are so big. <laughs> I know the feeling, man. That's a good pick. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. It's, it's Offensive po- rookie of the year has got to be Jamar Chase, yes? He's been pretty fantastic. Mac Jones, sort of on I, the upwards. I think swing. for a quarterback to win that award, they have to be really, really above average mm-hmm. in terms of what they do uh, statistically. Yeah. And Mac Jones is, is getting there, but I don't I don't think he's to that point just yet. They also give it an offensive player of the year, which generally is not a quarterback, right? Yeah, and it would that be? It would have been, been Derrick Henry, Henry yeah. before the right before the. Uh, There's not injury. a great candidate other maybe, than him. Maybe Cooper Cup. Maybe the maybe. person leading the league in touchdowns won James, James Conner. Let's just give him all to the Cardinals. He didn't Let's even win <laughs> NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Yeah, now hold on a minute here. I, I didn't see all of Matt Ryan's game, and I know the Falcons finally did something that was not Falcon-like, <laughs> which is give up a lead and about to lose in a disastrous way and then come back and win. But how does James Conner not win it that the way? Cardinals win too many awards. I, I think guess it so. might be. Yeah, you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, uh, we'll talk some Suns with the Hall of Famer. Al McCoy, Al about the Suns, is straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 
98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Ball drives in underneath, lobs it, DA's there, whammo time! Al, about the Suns. Hall of Famer Suns broadcaster Al McCoy calls in to talk Suns with Bickley and Murata. Suns win! The Suns win! Al, about the Suns. Driven by Sanderson Ford. That's game day in Phoenix Footprint Center tonight. Portland Trailblazers in town. Suns trying to uh, avenge an earlier season loss to the Blazers in Portland that was quite ugly. And here to talk about it, the man that will call it on the Suns Radio Network, the legendary Al McCoy, checks in for Al about the Suns. Al, good morning. How are you? Uh, Good morning, guys. Great. Uh, yeah, the Suns are streaking a little bit. Five straight wins, uh, and I know Monty Williams talked about it after the game on Monday against Sacramento. You, you know, you want to win every game by 30. That can't be the uh, the realistic approach to all of it. But uh, just your overall thoughts on, on what you've seen from the Suns in this turnaround. Well, you know, it's, it's so interesting. And, and I was thinking the other day, I know you both uh, remember last year, uh, when the Suns started the season, and what, in the first 16 games, what were they, 8-8? Eight and eight, mm-hmm. They were playing 500 basketball, and I guess everybody thought, well, you know, they're off to a pretty decent start. And uh, now, uh, you know what they're doing, they're record-wise, uh, one of the better ones in the West, and we're still kind of concerned about how they're playing. So it takes them a little while, I guess, maybe to get started. But you know the crazy thing, and it seems like I – I bring this up every week when we talk. The whole league is uh, unlike anything I've ever witnessed before. Everybody is up and down and up and down. One great game, one terrible game, one good quarter, not a good quarter. Uh, So uh, it's really hard to figure out. Now, back to your question about the Suns, I do like the things we're seeing, but not consistently. And uh, I think there's some things that maybe we need to talk about in regard to that also. But I do like the way they're coming along, playing better in certain quarters. Al, uh, in your long time with the Suns, you've seen a lot of energy guys who've come into the Suns and been incredible fan favorites from Pat Burke to Lou Amundsen all the way down the line. Talk about JaVale McGee and what he has brought to this basketball team. Well, you know the great thing about JaVale, and of course I've told him this, I mean he's been in the league 14 years, Yet when he comes on the floor, he's like a rookie. Yeah. I mean, he runs up and down. He dives for loose balls. And I, I love to see it. And I, I think it's great. And uh, I, I think it inspires maybe uh, some of the younger players. that uh, Here's this guy that's been in the league 14 years, and he's still out there having fun and, and going after it. And he's been a very, very good addition. And, of course, he and Frank Kaminsky uh, have really filled in nicely with, uh, with DeAndre Ayton being out. Hopefully, D.A. is going to be back soon. You know, all these injuries are kind of a mystery. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, certainly, uh, the addition uh, that, uh, that uh, JaVale has, uh, has supplied has been terrific. No question about it. The Hall of Famer Al McCoy joins us Wednesday mornings to talk Suns basketball. It's Al about the Suns here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Going back to some of the things that uh, might need to be talked about in terms of uh, need for improvement with the Suns, Al, has been... Three-point defense, which I think is a fascinating topic in today's NBA because I think it's a combination of maybe you're not closing out on shooters as much and they're getting a lot of open looks, but there's also uh, you know some luck involved, whether or not your opponent is hitting those open looks. And to this point, Suns' opponents have been hitting those open threes. 
how big of a concern is that defensively from what you've seen right now? Well, it's a concern because uh, the three-point shot has become such a big part of every team's offense. Now, tonight it's Portland. Uh, they're struggling. They played last night. So you would hope the Suns would come out early and get on the Trailblazers and uh, make them pay for having back-to-back games. But they're an outstanding three-point shooting team, and the Suns have had their problems. And that's something they're definitely going to have to improve on. And the other's rebounding. And even though Portland has had their problems, they're one of the better defensive rebounding teams in the NBA. But you pointed out the two things the Suns need to do, and this goes back to last year. You have to defend the three more than ever, and you have to improve uh, your uh, rebounding. No question about that. And another point I, I think we need to make this morning is is consistency. Now, and again, we see it all, all around the league. And I don't know when players think about, you know, it was a shortened season last year. Now they come out and they know it's going to be an 82-game season. Do they have to pace themselves? I, and I don't know. And the other thing I think dropped in the lap of the coaches uh, last night and uh, the last game for the Suns up in Sacramento, you know, they held the big lead and they let it disappear. Uh-huh. There are no big leads anymore. You can be up by 25 or 30 points, and if you stop defending and you miss shots with the three-point shot as a weapon for the team you're playing, bang, they can be right back in the ball game. So when is the time to let up with your starters out and your bench coming in? Uh, those are tough decisions for a coach to make right now, the way the game's being played. Yeah, and I think you're right about this, Al. And I, and I think when I look at the Suns, the other and and the three point shooting statistic, uh, the numbers that they have to improve, obviously, in defending it uh, and shooting it, but mostly defending it. The points off turnovers and the turnovers the Suns have committed. This is not like them, and, and it looks to me like the Suns are kind of that team that they they're coming off two very difficult seasons. And they're realizing that they've got a hundred miles to go before the playoffs begin, and it's just hard to summon that full-on forty-eight-minute focus. Well, there's no question about it, and I think that's what we're seeing. Uh, but as I said, it seems like we're seeing with almost every team in the NBA. The only team with any real consistency so far has been Golden State. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I guess if you have a guy that can score fifty points a game, maybe that that helps you in, in that category. But I I do think. We see uh, the Suns and other teams, as I've mentioned, come out and have a great quarter, and then the intensity drops off in the next period, and they allow the opposition to get right back in the game. And as I said, this is, I think, when it's uh, difficult now because the speed of the game, the way the game is being played and the three-point shot, when do you relax with a big lead? You really yeah. can't anymore. Yeah, that's true. You have to just continue to build on that lead and not hope that you're going to have a lull and the opposition is going to be able to take advantage of it. It's, it's a lot of differences in the way the game's being played this year. Definitely. Al McCoy, we uh, talk basketball with him on Wednesday mornings here on Bickley and Murata mornings. And I want to ask one question, league-wide question, and I'm, sh- I'm sure you saw the video of it, Al. The uh, altercation between Markeith Morris of Miami, Nikola Jokic of Denver. Um, and one of my takeaways, and I shared this with Bick, was seeing as how Nikola Jokic melted down at the end of the Sun series and how he reacted to that hard foul by Markeith Morris, 
Do you think that's something to watch moving forward, that opponents are going to try to get under his skin to get him off the floor? I think that's true. I do think both players uh, should have been uh, uh, suspended for a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think uh, Marquise, we know Marquise. Oh, yeah, and we his do. Brother, and we know how they play. He instigated with the, the first foul, and then uh, Jokic uh, uh, retaliated. So I think they both should have been suspended. But uh, what you're saying, I think, is true. It happened in the playoffs last year with Ian Booker, and uh, and it's a bit of a learning experience for him. He's going to have to keep uh, uh, things under control a little bit more, and I think teams will be trying to uh, irritate him. Let's put it that way. Yep. Al, always a pleasure. We'll uh, talk again next Wednesday, but I'll see you at the arena tonight. See you for the opening tip, guys, uh-huh. tonight. Sounds good. Thanks, Al. Al McCoy, the Hall of Famer. Al about the Suns, Wednesday mornings. Uh, it's our pleasure to talk to the uh, legendary Al McCoy every week. Coming up next, Tom Brady, critical about something the NFL has instituted. We'll tell you what that is and more next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Hash Marks. A little NFL hash marks for you, focusing on quarterbacks and the most famous quarterback, maybe the best quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Speaking no, on maybe, but. Jarrett's favorite podcast, Monday night's the Let's Go podcast with Jim Gray. Well, Tom. <laughs> so, Tom. <laughs> What's your thought on the... It, isn't that funny with that podcast that the first few weeks we were like dissecting every word that Larry Fitzgerald yes. said? Is he coming back? Yes. What's he think about the Cardinals? And now I forget even about it. It's just like, I guess what he wanted, Larry. Everyone just moved on. Yeah, and he's yeah. he's and that's it. Well, They're not even the discussing. The football team and, being eight one has a lot to do with that. Yeah, but I mean, even as recently as a few weeks ago, Max Williams going out for the year with an injury. There was talk. Mm-hmm. I mean, not coming from Larry Fitzgerald or anybody with any substance, uh, but you know, fan talk. Hey, maybe right. the Cardinals should come get Larry Fitzgerald to play tight end. But whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the latest edition of Let's Go, Tom Brady was asked on his uh, thoughts on the 17-game schedule, which is in its first year of existence in the uh, NFL. He said, quote, I think it's pointless. I thought it was a terrible decision. So I don't like the fact that we're playing a 17th game at all. I think 16 is plenty. And again, you're eight games into the year and you're not halfway through. So that's kind of a little frustrating aspect. So whatever, I mean, we'll play it. Well, of course they're going to play it. Mm-hmm. Is And there's a lot of people that feel that way. Uh-huh. Do you think this just sounds like, since 17's not an even number, people are complaining about it? Because I do I, 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 I do, do think feel there's that. something to that. Yeah. It, it's, it's hard for people to structure in their minds things that you generally do and think about. Like when we did the mid- mid-season awards. That, that Generally, that's kind of like part of a, of a football fan's existence. You get through eight weeks, and now you're conditioned to hear about, okay, we're at the halfway point. What's up? What is up? Right? <laughs> Sorry, I cannot stop doing that. <laughs> you could, but <laughs> if, if people were privy to our conversations during commercial the breaks, best. they would realize it's really the it's best. basically just, just four goofy. minutes of impersonating yeah. Jim Rome. <laughs> right, that's right. That's <laughs> true. Commercial breaks are <laughs> phenomenal, outstanding. All right, here's here's what I have to say about Tom Brady. It, most of the times, I hate on him because I think he's very uh, inauthentic at times. There have been a couple times this year when he when he has really gone deep on subjects that I've like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Do you remember when he went on the whole thing about how the NFL has become a game of skill? 
not power anymore and how it's terrible because there used to be games like if he was playing the Ravens and he knew Ray Lewis was patrolling the middle of the field, he would not throw the football to a guy on a crossing route for fear that that guy was going to get injured and be gone for the game. Now there's no fear of any of that because the rules penalize that. So nobody really looks for to hit hard anymore. And, yeah. it, and he went on this long explanation. I'm like, I like that, Tom Brady. The 17th game is interesting to me because for a guy like him, who really is in it for just Super Bowls, it's just one more week of nothingness until you get to that point. Stat padding, though. Well, that, yeah, that it too. eventually will build the legend. Yeah. The other thing that came out of that podcast from Tom Brady was Jim Gray uh, asking Tom Brady about the Aaron Rodgers situation. Jared, what would that sound like, by the way, if, if Jim Gray did that? Oh, my goodness. Here we go. About the, uh, about the Aaron Rodgers situation. I, I, you have to set me up again. Never mind. You weren't paying attention. <laughs> I was... <Okay. laughs> <laughs> I was doing something. I, that was not my. Media. That was not my goal. He put that on a tee for to, you. I was just trying I to be apologize. frivolous he, and shenanigans. He wanted like, you to ask a question as Jim Gray to, about Aaron Rodgers to Tom Brady. It's kind of lost its effect. We'll no, move on. No, no, Tom, no, you're going to have Tom to. Tom Brady it now. said, "Quote: I'm not commenting on Aaron Rodgers' personal Brady, situation. Right. Uh, far be it from me to tell anyone to put in their body right into." But by the way, the TB12 method is available in paperback wherever <laughs> nutritional books are sold, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Wait, really? Did he actually say He actually did, actually did he say did. that. <laughs> yes, he did. See, yes. that's, that's, that's the Tom Brady I hate. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Do you got something, Jared, or do you need to go back to bed? <laughs> Can it be both? That was my- <laughs> I assumed something. I assumed wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stay engaged, man. No, I'm, I, I know, but I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm doing different things back here. You right. can't be engaged and married at the same time. <laughs> Watch me try. <laughs> Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, of Tom we Brady. still don't know what his uh, status is for this week. Obviously, he missed the game last week against Kansas City. Packers lose to the Chiefs. Could Aaron Rodgers be back? Um, you know, the, the, the protocols, the length. Uh, is a little bit different of absence when you're not vaccinated. Uh, here was Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show. Is there any thought you're not going to play on Sunday at all? No. Uh, I mean, I think there's a possibility, but a uh, small possibility. Was that because of you health-wise, body-wise, or preparation-wise? I just did believe that there's a, you know, a health hurdle that I have to, you know, as far as like uh, movement and sweating and getting into it, making sure that my body is, uh, you know, Especially your heart is is uh, you know is fine with uh, physical exertion. Have you tried any of that yet? Have you have you got in your backyard and maybe ran a solo two minute or something? Have you t- <laughs> tested yourself physically? <laughs> I haven't done that. No. I will say this, and this is not exactly in defense mm-hmm. of Aaron Rodgers, but I don't know if you saw his fiance Shailene Woodley went on social media. Oh, I did because there was a Daily Mail report, a picture of a guy who kind of resembled Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. out walking somewhere in Los Angeles mm-hmm. with a <laughs> cup of coffee, mm-hmm. and was identified as Aaron Rodgers breaking more rules out here getting coffee. <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness gracious! And she she called she called it out for yeah. as ridiculous as it was. Yes, this is a situation though, Bick, where it's burning hot right now. There's a lot of reaction on both sides, whether you're you know, pro Aaron Rodgers in his stance, whether you're disappointed by what Aaron Rodgers did and how he went about doing it. Um, I think we can all agree this is another situation that's going to blow over. 
We saw it to a lesser extent with Kirk Cousins when mm-hmm. he got, you know, raked over the coals in Minnesota, especially uh, called a non-leader because of his vaccination stance. Same thing with Carson Wentz. When those players got on the field and started playing well, it blew over. That's yeah. exactly what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And Steve Weich was on our show yesterday. Uh, and he believes, yeah, the, this is a temporary speed bump for the Packers. Yeah, I mean, look, their defense is playing well. You know, they the the you know the, what they gave up thirteen points this week. I yeah. mean, the defense is, is is playing well. Trey Lance was leading them to a touchdown drive. You know, they they had some special teams blunders that could have changed the outcome of this game. It wasn't like they went and got waxed without Aaron Rodgers. So with all that drama going on, the the Packers knew all along that Aaron Rodgers was on back. I mean, again, this isn't yeah, you know, this isn't anything new. It's just drama, which he brings to this team all the time, and they're going to rally around him. He's rallied around so many other guys; they will rally around him. Um, so I don't see this being disruptive at all. And like I said, their division is so bad. True, like he could miss two or three other games; they're not going to get a home game, which I think they want. But I, I think they'll they'll rally and, and they'll be just fine. Yeah, and they got a home game against Seattle this week, so we missed out on yeah. Rodgers versus Mahomes last week. I guess there's still a potential you could miss out on Wilson versus Rodgers this week. Uh, well, and it's amazing, too, because this lack of home field advantage in the NFL continues to be a thing. Home teams still have a losing record this Crazy, week. isn't it? Yeah. Which you would think would not be the case with fans back in right. attendance everywhere. Right. And so you wonder, what is that all about? Well, I mean, that road winning percentage is skewed by the Arizona Cardinals just killing everybody on the road. <laughs> yeah, it so. is. Yeah, that's true. And the 49ers point. can't win any games at home. The, uh, the <laughs> they idea, haven't won a game well, at home too. in like three years. The, the idea that the Packers might rally around what's happened to Aaron Rodgers is something I had not thought of before. I kind of thought maybe that locker room still is kind of like, I don't know about that. What do you think the fan like, reaction is going to be? Again, you know, initial resistance to it, and Rodgers throws a touchdown pass yeah, exactly. to Devontae Adams right. and all his forgiveness. Opposing all fans, though, the, do, on road, does he become one of those guys that everyone boos or nobody cares? You think that's going to affect him? I mean, he's been he's been that guy in that division for a long time. Yeah. You're I, right. He doesn't yeah, seem like the type of guy it. who's affected by what people think of him. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. From a football standpoint, Jarrett, from a football standpoint. That's good. Uh, Coming up next, uh, Sarah Cazell takes us through the big topics of the day through a social media perspective. Yes. Social studies is straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station.